The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. This Houston team, listen, there's no quit in them. They miss a shot, they are definitely going after Giroux resets. Grimes going to get another chance. Grimes from deep. Hello. Got it. Didn't, didn't want the two free throws. He wanted to make sure they got three that possession. This thing is going to the wire. Incredible shot by Grimes. Two-point game with 2.25 left in Indy. Young's pass to the corner. He's trapped they got numbers. Houston has numbers. Ahead of the pack here is Mark underneath. He'll reset Sasser. Giroux with 27 seconds. Giroux hanging. Missed it. The power is good by Mark. My goodness. And Houston can take the lead. Off the floor. Baker. Harper elevates from deep. No. Rebound Mark. And the Houston Cougars survive and advance. Houston punches its ticket to the Sweet 16. It just seemed like there's so many negatives that were going against us that really forced us to persevere. Uh, our perseverance and just refusal to wilt to go away. You know, uh, did we play poorly? Yes, that's okay. There's a lot of teams that played a lot better than us that's at home tonight. So don't don't get carried away if you don't play good. I, I don't you say, well, that's an ugly win. It's, it's a win. This time of year, I, I don't evaluate them. You know, what What did you think about this? We won the game. We're in the Sweet 16, and we play Syracuse next Saturday. Uh, that's the bottom line. Sports, 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 sports. Do they just sit there and talk about sports? Yeah, and we'll probably talk about that game. And the little guys, Loyola beats Illinois, Abilene over Texas, dogs and cats living together. Oh, and it's Oral for America. Let's do this. It's a Monday on the Blitz. Diabolical. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And the Blitz is on for a Monday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe with me, Fred Fowler, the Falcon A.J. Hoffman, the god of college basketball. Aaron Rabel, the Voldemort. Want to get in today? 713-780-ESPN, your number, 713-780-3776. Or you can get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz, click like, send a message, you're good to go. Twitter's at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at A.J. is the real, at Aaron is blitzed, at Degenerates975. can text the show, you know the number for that. Watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. And it's a Monday. I hope everybody had an awesome weekend. Guess what? We still got basketball going on. Yeah, baby. We don't have to worry yeah, about we don't baby. have to worry about that women's tournament because you know they can get a good enough weight room or whatever. We can watch men's today. Poor gals. <laughs> Tapman Hoffman. Sports and stuff, man. What's going on with you, bud? Oh man, just having a wonderful stretch here. Just couldn't be happier. I'm with you, my man. That uh, uh, my betting this weekend was as good as it's ever been on sports between the tournament and hockey. Um, and you know what I. My interest in the tournament almost ended last night with that UH game because if they had lost, I'd have been like, screw this. I'm not watching anymore. Actually, when they were down 10, I'm like, you know what? They're playing. It's the worst I've seen them play oh, since that damn terrible. East Carolina game. And I, I think it was when 
Grimes tried to pass to somebody. I think he was trying to pass to Sasser, and he misses him by like five feet. And I'm like, dude, they just do not have it today. Oh, Sasser sucked yesterday. He was awful until he made a great defensive play and a couple of free throws. That was it. And uh, But what was really uh, amazing about that was Mark's play to get the rebound and put the ball in. If you watch that thing, he gets fouled. Uh, yeah, he got he gets fouled. I mean, he was really fouled too. It wasn't like the Texas game where it wasn't really a foul, but um, he he got hammered. But man, the instincts he had to get to that ball because he's on the baseline, and I'm watching the replay, and it's like as soon as the shot goes up, he goes exactly to the spot where he thinks the ball is going to go, and just makes a great play to get that rebound and then get the foul, and that was pretty much it. And we were talking about this before the show. As much as UH went and took that away from him, dude, Rutgers went to that four corners crap way too early. You cannot sit there and run 15 seconds off and then say, all right, we're only going to make the Cougars play defense for 10 seconds. Dude, it's just such a bad strategy. Like, you're, you're, you've been winning the basketball game for 36 minutes. Yeah, 30, like, 36 minutes, you were the better team. It wasn't like, you know, they made some furious comeback. Like, they were they were beating them the entire game. They were better. And then with four minutes left, you decide, okay, well, now we're just going to start running clock. And, like, not th- – there's a difference between running smart offense, running offense with a lead, like, which means don't take a shot with 15-plus seconds left on the shot clock. That's fine. But you don't just stand there and dribble. No. You have to move the ball and look for at, an open shot. And at like, least make them play defense. And if a shot comes up, that you get a good opportunity before yes. the you know, where you, you, you know, you take that shot. It, it's, it's just silliness. And I, it's funny. I tweeted it out when they first started doing it. I said, if they lose this game, this is going to be why. And that's exactly why they lost the game. Because, yeah. I mean, it took everything for UH to get back ahead. Yeah. All it would have taken was them continuing to run their normal offense, which UH was having a hard enough time stopping for whatever reason. Yeah, I, it's yeah. just a bad night. But why you just make things easier on them doesn't make sense to me. This isn't like... It's not like playing with a 21-point lead in the NFL and there's five minutes left and you just, you're just going to run the ball and drain clock and run the ball. It's not like that. It's still basketball. Like They're, they're going to keep getting the ball back and with a chance to score every single time. And and they're lucky they they kind of held on to it as long as they did because guys who never missed free throws were missing free throws yes. for UH. And and I'm just watching it going, dude, this this really this team just doesn't have it today, and yet they managed to win the game. And well, it, it was pretty exciting for me. I mean, I I admit I'm not yeah I, I'm not a fan of teams really anymore. But when it comes to UH and and the Maple Leafs, I'm, I still I still have that fanboy in me from being a kid. I was pretty excited when they won that. Well, here's the deal. I, I I would I don't know why UH has been a zone killer all year, all year, and it's it's what I said in their their first round matchup. I was like maybe Cleveland State tries to zone, but they they just shred zones all year. The reason why they shred zones is Cam Tyson, and for whatever reason, I don't know if he's in the doghouse or what. He's the I don't want to say he's the only good shooter. Grimes is pretty good. But he's the best shooter on your team, and you basically just glued him to the bench yesterday. Well, made no sense to me. the the key The key to that for when they are shredding zones is when Sasser's actually hitting his threes. But and he wasn't yesterday. He's not a good three point shooter. He's a streaky three point shooter. When he's on, he's very good. And when he's not, he's one for nine, like he was yesterday. Then then stop letting him shoot it. Put the guy out there who hits forty one percent. 
Like, it doesn't make sense. And I'll tell you this. If UH plays like they played yesterday against Syracuse, they lose. They cannot do that. And because that Syracuse team, guess what they're going to do? Hit shots. Unlike Rutgers. Rutgers can't hit. I mean, that's not a shot-making team. Syracuse, they like, oh, you're gonna uh, you're gonna push them out to the arc. Okay, Buddy Beheim has proven that like he's college Steph Curry. He, okay, I'm ten feet behind the line. Whatever, I'll chuck it and splash. They and their zone is way better than Rutgers. So UH, it's one. I mean, survive in advance is the name of the game. It was disappointing to see them play that poorly yesterday against a team that they really should have just rolled over. That Rutgers team is not good. No, but. You know what? They've had games like that all year long. They have. And they've won a majority of them. They've also lost a few. But I will say this. Every time they've played like this, the next time out, you see good Cougar. I hope so. And, and I think you'll see a totally different team on Saturday. And they're way better than Syracuse. It should be easy. I mean, like, the, I, I said this after Illinois lost. The road is open. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it is wide open. I, I mean, Loyola is probably, I mean, they're the best team left in their region. Uh, uh, I was. I, I wanted to ask you about that because apparently, like they were top ten in Ken Palm. Were they underseeded at eight? A, a lot of people think so. They they just didn't have any good wins. Yeah. Metrically, they're great, but they they're they just didn't they didn't have any big wins. So that's that's why they got seated where they did. Because uh, they like the net ratings, like you know Q one wins, things like that, just didn't happen for them. But metrically, which is what Ken Palm is for the most part, they're fantastic. All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We come back. I'd, I'd like to talk a little tournament today for a while. And yeah, because there's nothing really new with the. Well, just a new case filed. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of new cases filed. So, I mean, we we can get to that at some point. But there's so much to digest from the weekend on the tournament. I'd, I'd like to stick with that for a while if it's okay with the people. Uh, we'll be right back. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. All right, guys, let me tell you about Allstate. Allstate windows and siding. You want the best rate, you call Allstate, and they are fantastic. Great quality windows. I know from experience now because they came out to my place and and put the new windows in. Basically, they they sat down and showed my wife the windows, and uh, she, she was instantly intrigued. And then they said, oh, well, guess what? You get to customize how they look. So she got to customize. They sent them off. They measured our windows. They sent them off to get uh, to get made. They brought them back in a couple weeks and installed it in one day. Quick, easy. Uh, it cleaned up perfectly. You never would have known they were there, except now I've got these badass windows on my house. So not only do they look great, but I'm saving 40% on my electric bill already. Can't believe that. That's the best part. Guys, you want to, uh, you want to look into these things? 25% off all window packages right now. Great time to get into it. Uh, they've got military discounts, veteran discounts, cash discounts, 832-204-1936, or check them out online, allstatesidingandwindows.com.
You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. And um, just want to say it was very cool meeting several of you at Josh's going away party Saturday. You remember it? Barely. <laughs> uh, you know what? I Well, my tactical error was we started... We met at the other little Woodrow's at one, a bunch of friends to watch games. And so I slowed down around five-ish, knowing that I wanted to get over to Josh's thing for a minute. The tactical error I made was uh, we decided to park in the coach's parking lot, go in for a few drinks there, and walk over. Because that's because if you just park there, you get towed. But if you go in for a few drinks, you're fine. And, of course, I run into my uh, my old crew that I hadn't seen in a year there. And that's where we started drinking again. And shout out to Brenton Corbett and Ashley and Jason. But um, then I then by the time I got to Little Woodrow's, I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch over to the sugar-free Red Bull and see if that works. And if it doesn't, I'm getting out of here. So I, stay, I stayed for about 15 minutes, got home. And the good news is I remembered the entire trip home. Because Trey said, I said, where'd Fred go? He said, he went to coaches. Well, I was going to go back to coaches. And when I... Walked out, I'm like, that's a really dumb idea. If you go home now, you're fine. If you go and drink some more, you're not getting home any, in Good any job. kind of shape. So There you go. Um, and, and as long as I could remember the Uber drive, then I know I'm okay. And I got home, and I thought, all right, well, maybe I'll go upstairs and have one more. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm just going to be a smart old man and go to bed. So had I stayed uh, had I stayed any longer, it wouldn't, have gotten, it wouldn't have gone well. But I had a good time, man. Got to meet Josh's dad. Got to meet a bunch of the Blitzers and a bunch of uh, Josh's Josh and his fans. Ooh, Josh's stepmom's hot. Now, see, I didn't see her. Mm. Damn. Yeah. But uh, it was fun times, man. And yeah, and then Sunday, I, I basically did not leave the house. I was uh, betting from the couch all day in sweatpants and a t shirt <laughs> and drinking very, very weak drinks. But. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun, man. And I, I I wish I'd. But by the time I got there, I'm not gonna lie, a lot of people were not in very good shape. Because I think we got there about a little before eight, maybe right at eight. Because all all I know for sure is that my doorbell camera said I got home at eight forty two. Okay, which meant I was asleep by eight fifty, and I didn't wake up until nine thirty the next morning. So I kind of got in trouble for yeah. not taking the dog. It out. happens, but. Um, but no, and I, on, on the betting end, so Friday I had, uh, two hockey plays and six basketball plays. I went seven Oh and one. Nice. And now the one six basketball plays. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I kind of, well, here's what happened. Like Brandon and, and Nina who, who were on the website was they're all texting me all these plays and saying, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I'm looking at him going. Okay, I like this one. I like this one. So I just, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to bet some basketball today. All right. Saturday, I had three plays. One was a hockey over. Ding. Uh, one was uh, LSU money line, which I loved. That was my biggest bet of the day. And I even bet the NIT, AJ. I bet Memphis <laughs> minus five and a half over Dayton because I kind of... I kind of think Memphis is, was really playing well at the end of the season, and I think they're better than people give them credit for, so... I hit that one, and then I went two and zero yesterday, and I'm one and zero today. It's it's about as good a run as I could be on. Yeah, I'm feeling it too. I was uh, I was four and zero on Saturday too. Uh, Ohio 
came through for me. Grand Canyon came through for me. Uh, UC Santa Barbara was one of my favorites uh, from the jump. And then um, USC over Drake. So it, it was a good day for me. And all the games that I was like iffy on, like I, the games that I almost pulled the trigger on, they all lost. I was like, oh, that's that's when you know you're running yeah, hot yeah. when like the stuff you leave on the cutting room floor ends up losing. Yeah, because the one I cut at the last minute yesterday was uh, Oaky Light. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, that would have been a loss. Perfect. <laughs> yep. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about life. But um, so let's talk about uh, Evelyn Christian up 7-4 on, on UCLA. Yeah, well, pack pack tw- pack twelve. What seven and zero is what you said on the switch. Seven and zero straight up and against the spread so far. So the pack twelve is just killing it. Uh, that, that's UCLA, Oregon, USC, and Colorado, and Oregon State, and Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're they they've got a they've got potential to have five teams in the Sweet Sixteen. That'd <laughs> be pretty crazy. I they mean, are what everybody thought the Big Ten was going to be. Yeah, everybody but me. Let's let's be honest. I've been saying I I, I was going to fade the Big Ten from the beginning. Because I, I think there was a lot of, uh, it, it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme when everybody starts talking about how great the teams at the top of the league are, and then there's a bunch of them then in the middle that you're kind of like, eh, they must be better than we think because they're in the Big Ten. Well, by the way, that also happened with the Big 12, who most people thought was well, the and second I, best conference. And I agree. I did not think that would happen with the Big 12. I, I actually invested more in Big 12. Fortunately, I, I I was right about the only game that I think I played was the first uh first Oklahoma State game. Yeah, but I made some I made some money betting Baylor yesterday. They didn't have much trouble. No, uh, and, and they then, have a pretty easy path. Too. And then I made money fading Texas Tech, uh, Arkansas. Uh, you know what? That there. was that was one of the ones I bet yesterday was Arkansas over Tech after I'd bet Tech in the first round. I and think I, Arkansas is pretty good. And I'm so mad at myself for not betting Oral Roberts money line yesterday. I, I, I didn't want to do it against Ohio State. It didn't feel, you know, realistic. But, but the, it was my it was my favorite ATS play of the first round. And then I was like, ah, but Florida, like Florida defends pick and roll so much better than Ohio State. I was like, they're going to have troubles. But Oral Roberts got hot down the stretch. Yeah. Nice little comeback. So, and my my biggest regret was not betting Villanova yesterday. I said, I know they're going to just shoot the hell out of the ball, but North Texas played so well against Purdue, who was a team that I had high hopes for. That I was like, I'm just, I just got scared off, and then I'm watching that game unfold. And I'm like, yep, this is exactly what I knew was going to happen. So, and you were never that high on Florida all year. I've not been. Yeah. So, um, but some interesting game. Texas obviously losing in the first round as we see uh, Abilene Christian playing here. I mean, I don't know who gets less out of their guys in the tournament than Shaka Smart, and I, I'm a fan. I, I was a fan of the hire. Uh, I, I try to make excuses for the guy, but man, it, it it's at some point it's like you you've got to do something in this tournament. With I mean, and now mind you, the guys the guys got a reputation uh, of I mean he made it to a Final Four, but that was at the last place. Yeah, it hadn't happened here. Not he here, hasn't been man. close here and. Um, the thing is, he just won his first Big Twelve tournament, so you can't really can't really move on yet. But boy, that's just embarrassing. Can and you not? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you're stuck with him for another year. I mean, although is, I was thinking that about Tom Herman, they didn't waste any time bringing in somebody else. So this is five straight. Uh, it, now 
Five straight where they've made the tournament that they lost in the first, or that he's oh, yeah, lost. They've in the also first missed round. it what twice in that stretch, right? Well, or once. Uh, they've they've missed in his time there. He's been there six years. Obviously, they didn't play the tournament right, last, last year. year the year before that, they were the NIT champs, and then they missed the tournament another time when they lost like twenty something games. But I'm saying Shaka's last five trips to the tournament, all lost in the first round, and all, every team that he lost to was the lower seed. So we're talking about like, like, I think other than the one run, he's a bad tournament coach is what, what we're saying. I he mean, has and, been, he, he made it to a final four. The the next best he's done is, is a, the, the second round. So, and there's no excuse for that. I mean, watch, watching that game. Now I will, I will defend him a little bit. I don't make that foul call at the end. If it's me, I don't, but I you don't should either. not have ever been in that position. That's there's no, no way in hell you should even nope. be there. Yeah. I don't make that call either because it, I mean, it kind of takes away the moment. Like, it was such a great comeback, and then, like, hitting that shot, it's like, that's a March moment, and then you decide the game on the foul line, especially because, it. now, it was a foul. When, uh, it, when I was watching it live, I didn't think it was a foul at all. Yeah, I didn't either. And then, when I saw the replay, I said, okay, that's a foul. The reason why I wouldn't call it is because I don't think he was even in position to, to make a putback on it. Right. But that's also the reason why you shouldn't have fouled them. Yeah. And it, it's just the, these teams, these Texas teams, I, I, the talent has not been an issue. I mean, they've got two more first-rounders on this team. Uh, they're churning out. They, uh, there's more first-rounders in basketball than there is in football for Texas in the last five, six years. So it's it, talent's not the problem. It's They're, they're just not – I don't know if it's bad coaching down the stretch or what, but – at the end of the day, that's who it falls on. You've got to get more out of these guys. Well, and then once you get into a streak like that, you can't help but think about that when you're a team. You're oh, going, yeah. oh, we haven't won a first-round game in forever. Well, it's like, yeah, I wasn't on that team, but you get in a dogfight like that, and you suddenly realize, eh, maybe there is something to this. And I don't and- know if, if it, you know, again, it's it's easy for me to sit here and question uh, Shaka Smart's coaching decisions, but... Texas has a kid on their team named Greg Brown who is a five-star, like, he's going to be a first-round pick in the NBA. He played six minutes in that game. And mind you, now, do I think he should be a first-round pick in the NBA? No, because he's soft as hell. I, 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 If he gets good in the NBA, it's going to take him a while. He's one of those kids who should probably stay in college, but when you're a first-round pick, the money's right. You do, you do what you're going to do. But when when guys like, like Matt Coleman was he was so bad in that game, and it's hard to pull him off the floor because he's been the guy who's won you a lot of those games. But at some point, you know, kind of like I was talking with with Sasser, you've got to realize it ain't his night. Yeah, you got to stop trying to force it because it's not his night. And it seems like that's what they did with with Coleman. That's what they did with Ramey. Just two bad performances by key guys for them. Mm-hmm. And six bench points, six. That, well, they and they got uh, outshot by what uh, something. They had twenty-seven turnovers, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Twenty-seven more yeah. shots for Abilene, yeah. and 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 you look at the positives. Like, well, they were in the game, and at, they got beat on the glass. Yeah, but Abilene slowed it down, made it a grinded out game, which is what they needed to do, and Texas couldn't overcome it. I, I, it, it was. I didn't watch that one until Sunday morning because we were out. But uh, I'm watching that game, going, "What the hell? There's no reason for. There's no reason this team should be 
losing to Abilene Christian. But, all right, we're going to make a quick break here. Don't go anywhere. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. and ESPN 92.5. Real Fun Sports. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on the Blitz. A little tournament talk today. Nothing wrong with that. So is there any games tonight that you uh, feel pretty good about? Uh, I like the over in Michigan LSU. Um, I, I kind of like USC, but the market's kind of moving against me on that. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not as confident as I once was in that. Uh, and what's my other play tonight? Uh oh, um, Ohio again. I'll be on against Creighton. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, deciding whether I want to bet LSU again. Uh, I think that's a pretty pretty good basketball team, but I don't know if there's enough value there for me. They, I I, th- I just I know there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Uh, the Michigan plays great team defense, but LSU is sort of a. They're un- unlike most offenses in college. They p- they play a lot of ISO ball, uh, which kind of takes away from one of those strengths. And it- Michigan uh, Michigan is going to get whatever they want in the paint. Like it- there's there's no answer in in the paint for LSU on defense. So I I I just think it's a it's a a points fest, which is what I thought about the Oregon Iowa game. And God bless them, it certainly was. Um. Couple things about uh, if you're going to overreact to UH not playing real well yesterday, I would point you to last week when everybody was saying, "Boy, if they play like they did against Cincinnati, they're unbeatable." Like, yeah, Cincinnati was a really good matchup, and they, Cincinnati also—they're just not a bad. They're not a good basketball team. No, and, and they're bad. When UH played them both times, they beat them by thirty. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah it's like so. It, it's you can't take that and say if they play like that, they'll be unbeatable. Um, if if you've watched this team all year, the two things about them that always concern me, and, and they can lose to anybody if this happens, if they start getting fouls called on them, as they did in the first half yesterday, because they play very physical defense. Yeah, they foul. And you you know, you know either let that go or you don't. And it, they didn't in the first half. At one point, they were outshot on free throws like 9-1. to one. And um, if they go cold shooting... Combine the two of those, and it can be a real problem. But most of the year, they've been able to make up for it with offensive rebounding. They make up for it with incredible defense that gets them some cheap baskets. But it's not going to work all the time, and they're going to have games like that. So if you're going to overreact and say, okay, they were terrible, they're going to lose to Syracuse, I would just caution you, they bounce back really well from bad efforts, and they have all year. The the thing that concerns me is... Cleveland State, 285th in free throw percentage. They weren't going to beat them there. No. Uh, Rutgers, 331st in in free throw percentage. They weren't going to beat them there. Syracuse, 16th in the country in free throw percentage. And yes, 
UH will offensive rebound against them because Syracuse doesn't care about offensive rebounds. And like they're three, they're, they're in the bottom, like outside the top 300, certainly in offensive rebound uh, or, or offensive rebounding allowed. They, they don't worry about that because they want to go set up their zone. That's not a, it's not a, an issue for them. They, they lose that battle every game. Uh, but they're making shots and it, it, that's a, their offense is, I, I, I've not been a fan of this Syracuse team all year long. But man, they are making shots right now. They're yeah, they're and, finding their rhythm at the right it, time. And I would much rather have seen West Virginia here, in all honesty, because I don't think West Virginia was going to be able to beat UH. I think I think Syracuse certainly can, especially if those two things happen with the Cougars. If they get out there and start getting a bunch of fouls called on them, and if they can't shoot the basketball, then they'll be in trouble. But if they get out there and they allow them to play, and Sasser and Grimes start hitting threes against that zone then they'll eat Syracuse's soul. That's why I'm not crazy about betting Syracuse plus six because I can see the game getting out of hand, but I also see a lot of scenarios, maybe more scenarios, where Syracuse not only keeps it close but has a chance to win. So It's an interesting matchup for sure. It is, and I mean, you've got one of the all-time great tournament coaches on the other side over there, which, uh, you know, and you talked about it before it started, that there's a team to watch because you know how Bayheim wins games. And I, I'm, but I think if, it's all there for them if they can get past this, obviously, and um, and then you're looking at uh, what Loyola or uh, Oregon State, right? Yep. I mean, those are teams they can beat. So, I mean, it'll be. I, I always I said I'd be disappointed if they didn't make the Elite Eight, and if they if they lose in the Sweet Sixteen, I'll be disappointed. If they win that game, I'll be disappointed if they don't make the Final Four. So. I'm on ask, will Texas go after Samson? I I would be willing to bet a small child. Kelvin Sampson would never go to Texas. I don't think he would. And there's two reasons for that. First off, he can win bigger here. Yeah. And it's and basketball is and it doesn't really count because you haven't had fans now for two years. But Houston's a basketball school, always has been. And the other thing about it is they they have taken care of him to the point where he's hired his entire family. Yeah. His son is a coach in waiting. His yeah. daughter works there. I mean, the, the whole thing's a family deal for him. I, I don't. I don't think there's any way to go to Texas. And I also think Texas would it, like Texas fans would give backlash because they got their football coach from UH, and that didn't, eh, work, it didn't out. work out so well. <laughs> so no, no. I, I think Kelvin's in a good situation here. I mean, could he get could he get better players at Texas? Yeah, but I think the program at UH is is so strong right now. I don't know why he'd even risk resetting that and and boy if they can make a final four run he's gonna be able to get those yep. kind of players at uh and he's already getting better ones and and the one thing kelvin does so well and and maybe this is something that that shaka really doesn't do well kelvin gets guys who fit what he wants to do that are, are great athletes but they get better and better and better the long i guarantee you next year mark is going to be a monster well i mean just think about quentin grimes yeah he was on the trash pile oh yeah like guys who are Five stars, McDonald's All Americans don't have freshman seasons like he had. No, like, we, we talked about that. He went to Kansas and he was a bum. He was not good, and he really and he wasn't didn't look like he was going to get good. And his first year at UH, he wasn't a great player. He was a okay player. And and I think Kelvin just kind of changed his mindset, and it kind of got him to. I, I think what he did that was very important and something that Shaka's never been able to do at Texas. I think. Kelvin gets his guys to not think about the NBA. He thinks about like, hey, this is what I've got to do to be a great college basketball player. 
And now Quentin Grimes has turned into a great college basketball player. I don't know if he's going to be in, I don't know what he's going to be like in the NBA. I'm sure he'll get a shot, but everything that he's learned from Kelvin, like doing all the, the gritty things, all that'll do is make him more appealing as an NBA player. Like, because clearly just, you know, going out and, and street balling and chucking up, that wasn't going to get it done for him. No. Because we saw that at Kansas and it wasn't good. And we really saw it, like you said, we saw it some last year, and it wasn't good. No, but he he changed him. But as the season went on last year, and I and it would have been interesting to see if they'd made the tournament because I think he would have been even better in the tournament. But the 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 thing about him is he improved, and now he looks like the guy who was a five star All American guy or uh, you know a McDonald's All American. And sometimes it takes three years for a guy to get there. But I'm I'm telling you right now. Mark, next year, that's going to be the guy who takes that step because he's uh, he's physically gifted. He's he's got to learn, you know, where to take better shots. But my goodness, he's got terrific instincts, and I think he's just he's going to be fantastic next year. And 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 that's the kind of guys he gets, and they're not, and he gets them to play for him, and he gets them to learn. And and when how many guys have gone to Texas under Shaka and gotten better? Andrew Jones, I mean, has gotten better. Most of these guys get better once they get to the NBA. Yeah. I mean, that's just the truth of it. They're, they're, they draft these guys raw, and they turn them into play. Like Jared Allen. Like, Jared Allen wasn't very good at Texas, but he had the physical size that they were like, oh, maybe we can make something work here, and and he's worked out. Uh, Yeah, I, I can't think of anyone really who's – just blown up uh, since he's been there with Shaka Smart. I just doesn't. It's not happening. And you know, to me, that's that's the one thing about whenever we talk about Nick Saban. And I know like, Nick Nick Saban is a very controversial figure. Nick Saban gets all the five stars he wants, but guess what? His five stars play like five stars. They coach them up. Those guys get better, and even when they're not there long, they turn into really good players. And I mean, that's the second half of it. Evaluation's one thing. The other half is X's and O's and coaching them up. And and, and Kelvin will take a bunch of three and, and two and four star guys and turn them in to guys who play like five stars. And that's, yep. you know, that's a that's a gift. And I, I mean, it, now he, I, the, here's the, the four guys that he's put in the NBA, four first rounders uh, in his time there. Miles Turner got good in the NBA. Jared Allen got good in the NBA. Mo Bamba. It was a good defensive player at Texas, yeah, yeah. but he's sort of blossoming in, in the NBA. And then Jackson Hayes, who wasn't really very good in college and is now turning into a monster. And now the Kai Jones, Greg Brown, and, and that's funny. He, I mean, that, that all the guys he's really making that are NBA guys are bigs. But Kai Jones and Greg Brown will both be first-round picks and both have tons of potential to be better than what they were. So it, it's it's not a good look. For old, uh, for old Shaka right now. 806 says Chris Beard to Indiana rumors are making me nervous. I, I don't think Chris Beard. I, I think Chris Beard to Texas rumors should be making people nervous because that's that's more of a threat, I would say. Yeah. Um, I don't think Indiana, and, and sorry to Indiana fan out there, I don't think that's a sexy job anymore. I really don't. And it, it's... You know, historically, it's one of those programs where if you're talking about the best pro- basketball programs in in the country, you know, you start with Kentucky and Duke and Indiana and UCLA, probably be the the ones you start with. But 
that's not really what they are anymore. Yeah. And you've got a lot of catching up to do in the Big Ten now because, um, you know, when, I mean, not, I mean, choking in the tournament aside, you've got a lot of good coaches in those places and they, you, you know, you're not Hoosiers anymore. So I don't know that that's that great a job. I'll, maybe not a popular con, um, comment, but I think Beard can win better at Tech than he could at Indiana right now. Probably. I mean, I mean the, 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 the hill in the Big 12 is much easier to climb than it is in the Big 10 right now. Because usually it's just Kansas and Baylor. I mean, it's been Baylor the last few years, but you really only have to hang with those teams. I mean, there's good teams. There's, there's Texas and Okie State and all that. But as long as you're treading water against those guys and occasionally beating Baylor or Kansas, you, you're fine. The one thing I would say is he could probably, at Indiana, he'd probably have access to better players, like higher-rated players coming in. Um, yeah, but it kind of goes back to what we're talking about. I don't know that he'll get players better for what he wants to do. That's, he might get that's sexier players, question, but yeah. yeah. But he's another guy who's a lot like Samson, and he gets... He wants guys who fit what he does, yeah. fit his system. Yeah. All right, quick break. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Visions of you, visions of visions of you. I keep getting stuck in this this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. 713-780-ESPN if you guys want to get in. Your thoughts on uh, any of the tournament stuff. We, we've avoided the other topic because there hasn't been any reason to get to it. Yeah, we'll no get to it. To. We'll, we'll get to it at some point. Um, so, you know, it's kind of cool. When uh, I'm sitting there in my office before the show, and I'm getting all these calendar things from Courtney Bell live broadcast. Yeah, handle live broadcast. Them. Yeah, we're at uh, Sam Houston on Friday, which we're actually going camping in Livingston on Friday, so I'm going to have to leave right after there. But it's not that far because you just take the Bellway to 59. And I've never been to Lake Livingston. I hear it's I hear it's great, so we decided to try it out. So I will be spending the weekend. In the RV, watching basketball, pretty much, and and doing some hiking and fishing and stuff before the games start. But uh, we're going to be at that uh, Bishop Cidercade on yeah. Thursday, April eighth, which is my neck of the woods, and haven't been there yet. But it's uh, uh, for one thing, the, the, the Bishop Cider is really good. But they also have an arcade in there, and it, it, it's a uh, uh, place I've been wanting to swing by. So looking forward to that. Going to be in Beaumont at five under again. Yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff going. It's it, it was it's really cool to uh, see all of this stuff coming back. And as I mentioned the other day, we're working on a a poker room poker tournament, which should happen soon. Yes, sir. So that'll be fun. So be good to get out and see the Blitzers again. And it was great. Uh, you know, it was great getting out on a Friday. Good crowd, good people. Really enjoyed uh, hanging out with everybody, and can't wait to get back to that. And I'm going to have my second shot Thursday, so I'm not going to care. Um, 
713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. So, uh, Illinois down. Who's the next number one to go? Not Gonzaga. No, it's not. I mean, they to me... They, they played a B game today. Oklahoma played an A game for them, and they lost by 16. Yeah. I, I mean... I mean, I think I think Gonzaga has a cakewalk until the Final Four, and maybe even they in. might have a cakewalk. Period. They're just so good. They're so good at they're, everything. They're gonna have a game where they don't play well, but but they're not playing it was teams, today. Well, but it, <laughs> but I mean, they're not playing teams good enough to to. I mean, they're not gonna face a team good enough to take advantage of it until and the it's Final so Four. brutal. Like the the uh, listening to the announce team talk about oh Oklahoma's really pushing them. Like when the score is bouncing back and forth between ten and twelve points, it's like, no, they're not really pushing them. They're like, it's pretty obvious if they wanted to run away with this thing, they could. Uh, they, they're just they're so good. Uh, Baylor is they they've been impressive so far. Uh, they've not. I I thought that they were going to to look rustier, um, and they're. You know, Villanova can play with them. Arkansas can play with them. I don't know if those teams beat them. Uh, Michigan, I would say, is semi-vulnerable tonight. But Colorado or Florida State, whoever it is, could give them a run. Like, that yeah. starts to get sketchy for them. So, I, I, I'd say it's a, it's a coin flip between those two. I, I'd put it, like, I don't know, 45-45 and 10% on Gonzaga. Yeah, because the... It, it just... My humble opium on this. I think Baylor, the first two rounds, has really had n- nothing. I mean, n- nothing to, to challenge them. I do think it's going to get a little tougher here for them. I don't see it getting tough for Gonzaga at all until the Final Four. Well, and, Oregon and, can give them hell. Oregon's the one team. I, and I have, on my bracket, I have Oregon-Gonzaga in that spot. I do, too. Uh, and USC, if USC gets through, USC's got to beat Kansas but if USC beats Kansas and Oregon, USC has size that would maybe give some pause to some of what what uh, Gonzaga does. But, but I mean, I, I think that's when they'll get challenged, maybe. Yeah. And even then, I don't know. And if they play a bad game, then maybe it's different. But, I mean, they're, they have nothing to worry about until they get that far. And I, I don't think Baylor has anything to worry about until they get to the next round. Um, well, of course, they've already, they've already won their two. So, <laughs> obviously, they have nothing to worry about. But even then... Um, it's not so much rust with them. I just kind of thought since they came back from the COVID break, they haven't looked as good. Now we'll find out if that, you know, cause if they're the Baylor, they were before all that, they're not going to have any problems either, but we're, we're not going to find that out until they play an opponent. That's actually decent. And that'll be the next round. Don't think, uh, I, sorry, Wisconsin, but I don't, I don't think you count. And I think uh, so. Michigan's going down to LSU. That wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me either. I mean, Michigan's better than them, uh, but LSU has—they've got real big boy talent. Yeah, they're—they're uh, they're not all that well coached. There's a pretty big coaching edge, um, but M- Michigan's going to have to, or uh, LSU's going to have to make some stops tonight, and that's not something they've been great at this season. No, even especially in crunch time. Like when they were, especially in the Alabama game where they let the guy just walk right down yeah. and score the go ahead bucket. Now, mind you, Alabama's very, yeah. very good. But, yeah, but they so are. is Michigan. I mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah, well, they wouldn't be be a one seed if they weren't. But uh, no, but I, I you know, I, I think uh, 
I, I just don't see anybody beating Gonzaga. I mean, I, I could see you get to a Final Four game and maybe somebody plays lights out, but I don't see anybody else. I mean, may, Oregon, I guess Oregon's the one, but I, I just, man, I don't know if I can. They're just so good. Uh, somebody asked, do you think the no contest for Oregon helped them beat Iowa? No. I, I don't think it did, but it certainly doesn't hurt when you don't have to play two games in two days. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of prep time. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, uh, it, I, I don't know. I mean, you you spend a lot of time game planning for one team, and then that gets wasted. Yeah, but you would still have the same time to game plan for the next team. Right. And you just didn't have to play yeah. a game. But it's also a frustration thing. Like, it's, you know, you want to play. And obviously, you want to, you want to advance. And they adv- I, don't, I doubt they were bitching about it. But... You certainly want to get out there and play. And Iowa had a game under their belt, but I, I knew that I just knew there was going to be millions of points scored in that game. Yeah. Oregon decide because oh, Oregon doesn't have a post. They don't have like a big man to to shut down Luca Garza, who's probably the best post player in the whole tournament. So they said, "Okay, well, Luca, you get what you want, and we're just going to make the game hell for everybody else." And that's what they did. Yeah, and it, it worked. Really good strategy. smart. That's a well-coached team, too. And they're they're better than their seeding. All right. Hour number one in the books. We haven't mentioned number four the entire first hour. Makes me happy. Uh, That probably won't happen in hour number two. Quick break. We'll be right back. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. I'm that bad type. Make your mama sad type. Make your girlfriend mad seduce your dad type I'm the bad guy Duh ESPN 97.5